The Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes via Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. And we're also brought to you by our College Football Bankroll Challenge. Up to $3,000 is up for grabs. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash bankroll. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, how are we doing, sir? Happy hump day. Good. When I jumped on here, you made fun of my uh, my football jersey, AKA, you know, soccer in the US, it's soccer, but, you know, it's still a football jersey, right? Well, football is life. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I was asking yeah. if you were ready to jump on a soccer podcast. This is fantasy football, sir. Yeah, well, you know, th- this is football. And football is life. Yeah. Shout out Roy Kent. Shout out Ted Lasso. If you're not watching live, if you're watching on Spotify and uh, an Apple, he's rocking a Roy Kent jersey. How's everything, buddy? How are we doing? Good, man. Good. Um, been uh, deep in the drafts this week with redraft. Uh, God, I think over the last like three or four days, I've had like five drafts. So we are yep. in the season now. I uh, know got a couple more coming up this week and weekend. Uh, man, football's right around the corner, dude. I am excited. Just released a season-long player props article as well on the site. Check that out. Uh, some some good four four team uh, or four player parlays on there. I feel really good about. So excited about that, man. And uh, you know, in in that article, the like one of the first sentences I wrote is, I don't know about anybody else, but I am standing at full attention right now for football. So it's time, baby. All my leagues were not very creative. They just all picked the same draft day. So come Sunday, I have. What is it? Draft 18, 19, and 20. My last three drafts. One starts at two. One starts, I think, at six. And another one starts at nine. So it's going to be a fun day. Nice, Luckily, man. All ha- day. Love it. All it, day, Sunday. Draft day. All day. <laughs> it is my own draft day. I will be going uh, weaving and bobbing for sure. We'll see how it goes. Very excited. I had one uh, the other night. It was a late night, high roller draft. It was like a $300 buy-in. Still only 10 teams. I thought, well, I didn't really know that until I showed up for the draft. Not ideal situation there, but, you know, 
still a bit of a higher roller uh, status for that league. So that's nice. Yeah. Ready to get into some redraft talk here tonight. We're talking tight end sleepers, talking about late round fantasy football, tight end sleepers. I'm going to let you lead off here with your first guy. We're rolling through our top 10 guys that we like well in the depths of ADP for the tight end position. A, na- a lot of names you're probably not going to see drafted in like your 18 team, you know, non tight end premium leagues. You know, you really only see a lot of times like anywhere from 13 to like 18 tight ends drafted. You don't see a lot of teams always carrying two. So going to be interesting to see some of these later names that we're discussing. Who is your first man up here? First man up, uh, let's go to the towards the top of the board a little bit more here. Uh, this guy is usually being drafted around tight end 10, 11 in mm-hmm. most drafts. It is David Ninjoku. Okay. A uh, few reasons I like David Njoku. Uh, I think he's a good uh, bet on, uh, you know, touchdowns on this team. Uh, I think obviously everyone thinks of Nick Chubb when you go and look at the Browns, you know, who's going to be scoring touchdowns for them. Usually it's Nick Chubb. But besides that, like it's, you know, you got Amari Cooper, you got Elijah Moore, you got Cedric Tillman, the, the rookie, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like you got a lot of guys that could score touchdowns. But I think Njoku is mm. a good bet here to potentially get closer to the, the, the eight to nine range uh, really is going to depend on what we see from Deshaun Watson this year. But, you know, I know we've talked about Deshaun Watson on the show previously. And, you know, something I keep coming back to is he was just, he just wasn't in sync with the offense last year. No, no uh, off season to do anything with them, you know, kind of got in there and had a few bad weather games as well. Just didn't click with the offense. I think that that will change this year. David Njoku is a good bet. Uh, you know, again, you don't have to spend a lot of capital on it. My last best ball draft, he went beginning of, oh, no, I'm sorry, the end of round nine, again, as the tight end 10 off the board. Uh, mm. Yeah, I just I just think he's a good bet. Uh, you know, it's, it's a guy I'm still, say, you know, okay going with as my first tight end. Uh, you know, if you want to go, Another tight end before that, I think that he's a good, a good, a uh, second, you know, a great second tight end, but I'm fine with mm-hmm. him as my first tight end. Again, David Njoku, usually about tight end 10 off the board, probably going right around pick. Let's see, he went 107 here. So I would say probably right around that 100 range is normally where he's going to go. No, very good option. I agree with you. A quarter or a tight end, excuse me, that I do feel comfortable as well being my first tight end drafted. And I think he's a good option for those drafters that are patient on the position. They're not trying to be first to market with the Travis Kelsey, Andrews, or Hawkinson pick. So I do think the ADP falls uh, or keeps him in place pretty well, pretty appropriately cost. Seems pretty fair uh, at, at that roundage, that round capital and that ADP. Um, really no pushback on the situation. I see a lot of the receivers kind of middling each other for opportunities behind Amari Cooper if Amari Cooper does stay healthy. And I do see him as kind of like the second wide receiver in this offense because he's probably going to play the most snaps, you know, at least over like those secondary receivers. Probably won't play as many snaps as, say, Amari Cooper, but he will be on the field a lot. And I would say probably at the end of the year plays more snaps than Elijah Moore, than Donovan Peoples-Jones, just because he needs to be in um, in those you know single tight end sets. You know he he's got to be on the field to block. They're going to want to run a lot, and I think he's going to get rewarded because of that. So very good situation for him this year, and he's in again that nice little cost range where you know you've waited on tight end, you can splurge on him now, or at least you know back him up with a, a pick you may have made ahead of him if you're getting a little more aggressive on the position. I think some of the other names we're going to bring up here are going to kind of open people's people's eyes in a sense for the later round value, though, like the guys that 
you know, I do think you can trust as your tight end two or even your tight end one in some riskier scenarios. So uh, we'll keep moving through the list here. My first guy up is uh, Tyler Conklin, 24% drafted on underdog this offseason. I have a lot of him. He is my most exposed tight end. He's coming off the board as tight end 16, despite finishing as tight end 16 in back-to-back seasons. He now has an even a more improved offense. The, the offense was improved last year with the addition of Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and now you have Aaron Rodgers coming over, plus Alan Lazard. I think that there's enough weapons just to make the offense dangerous enough to keep this team in scoring territory and keep Tyler Conklin on the field. He was number three in routes ran at the tight end position, number two in true catch rate, and number two in total air yards. There's a lot of opportunity uh, for him and the gain of efficiency that this offense is going to have with the upgrade of Aaron Rodgers. Even last year, he started off the season very well when they had Joe Flacco under center. And then when Zach Wilson came in, there was a big shift in his production. He started shooting down less targets, less opportunities. So a lot of those numbers that I rattled off there are held up from kind of the start of last year, like when he looked you know, most promising with a, an older statesman in Joe Flacco. Aaron Rodgers, not a popular guy to throw to the tight end position a lot. But I feel like Tyler Con- Tyler Conklin coming the end of this season, we're going to be comparing him to like Robert Tunyon's booming season. Like, you know what? We probably don't expect this to happen again, you know, if these two aren't together. But, you know, at, at come the end of the year, you're like, oh, this, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. Like I said, tight end 26, even without Aaron Rodgers, that's still a value on the production that he's given you in the past two seasons. So I don't see why there can't be an argument for him to crack the top 12 with you know, a significant upgrade at quarterback in one of the better quarterbacks to play the game in, in recent uh, recent time. Yeah, I I, I like Conklin uh, as well. I mean, behind Garrett Wilson, you know, there's Lazard. You got Cobb. Like you got some guys there that Aaron Rodgers likes, but Conklin's a guy that could be a red zone target. Uh, I think that he, he might be second on the team in red zone targets at the end of the year if he stays healthy, right behind Garrett Wilson. Uh, Brees Hall's not going to be there for a little bit. Uh, you know, they have Dalvin Cook, obviously. But do you think Aaron Rodgers likes Conklin? I mean, if you look at, you know, what he has done uh, with Conklin so far, I mean, it, it looks promising. So, yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. And I just looked this draft. Conklin went in round 17. He went behind some guys that he doesn't typically go behind. I think, honestly, he's probably going to be mm-hmm. in that, like, 15, 16 range probably is, is where you're normally going to see him go. But, I mean, he went behind guys like Hunter Henry, uh zach ertz got drafted in this uh you know like irv smith like i would take conklin over all those guys michael Mayer, mm-hmm. I, i'd take conklin over all those guys as well so yeah i'm i'm with you there i think conklin is a competent tight end too yeah it's just a very good situation that you're buying it's a low cost uh capital like you said parked anywhere from round 15 16 plus it's a starter you know he's a guy that doesn't have any competition for touches he's going to be the the tight end that plays the most snaps for the Jets this year. And they're going to be in a good situation where they're scoring more points than they have the previous two years. I can't see an opportunity where he doesn't excel from his previous ranking of tight end 16 and certainly outplays tight end 26 at, at that cost. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm I'm on board with you there. All right, who's your next man up? Ah, before we do that, let me uh, tell the good people about a few things here real quick. College football bankroll challenge is back and to celebrate sgpn is giving away a bunch of cash in our college football bankroll challenge it's free to enter season-long contest thousand dollars to first 
500 to second. But the prize doubles to 2,000 and 1,000 if you're a Patreon for the college football season. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll or click the link in the app. We also are uh, brought to you here by DraftKings. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple years. Change comes fast. The only thing that uh, <clears throat> the only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. I was taking a look here, Justin, at some of the college spreads. Few I, uh, I like. I'll be interested to see if they move before kickoff. Would be Michigan State plays Central Michigan uh, at home. Michigan State minus fourteen and a half. I like that. Uh, I think people might see like, ooh, it's a little bit more than two touchdowns. Let's take it. I think Michigan State rolls Central Michigan here, as well as got to shout out my hometown team, Penn State, takes on West Virginia at 7.30 Saturday. They are minus two or minus 20 and a half. I like taking that as well. Uh, Penn State usually rolls uh, beginning of the season, especially at home, West Virginia, uh, is not a team that they have been um, recently. So that's another one I like. But uh, if you go over on DraftKings and take a look at all of the college games, there is a bunch to pick from. Uh, life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after uh, ensuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms so my uh, college football experience that's where you need to go for your picks don't listen to me and andrew the college football experience yeah, no, no. College football experience is actually really cool. Colby's awesome. Um, lo- love listening to them uh, dive deep into the college weeds. Uh, this is definitely where I will be going before I actually place my bets. But those are uh, two, you know, that I that I do like here. So my second tight end up here uh, is Sam Laporta. Uh, I really think this year we might turn the narrative on rookie tight ends. There are some rookie tight ends that are going late that have uh, true interesting upside uh, it's for a multitude of reasons. But the reason I like Sam Laporta is Jared Goff. We talked about this before. What, he, you know, what does he do? Well, right. He, he likes to keep it close to the vest. Doesn't like to take too many deep shots downfield. I think Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown are going to be heavy target or, you know, they're going to be heavily targeted in this offense across the middle. Sam Laporta uh, is a great tight end, had a good college career. He seems like he fits the culture for Detroit as well. Like he seems like a guy that wants to play hard. And obviously, you know, that's what Dan Campbell wants. So I think that Dan Campbell's really going to fall in love and, and obviously he drafted Sam Laporta, but I think he's really going to fall in love with Sam Laporta, you know, what he can do for the team, his blocking ability. I think Sam Laporta is going to be on the field a ton as well. You can Mm -hmm. get him late in drafts. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to this draft. I just did, but Sam Laporta went, where was he here? Uh, He went at the end of round 12, pick 144 
for my second tight end, I really like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I love him being my first one. I think I would be okay with it if the rest of my positional players are, you know, fantastic and have a you know decent mm-hmm. depth at those. Then I'd be okay taking the shot on him as my first tight end. But love him as a second tight end. Look for him to really break out in the second part of the season. Um, you know, not to mention the Lions, uh, you know, play indoors and they have a pretty decent schedule. I just I think he's going to take advantage of some matchups that they're going to come across throughout the season. So Sam Laporta, uh, another guy I am definitely exposed to in best ball a lot and uh, definitely will be drafting him in some redraft leagues for sure. Him and Jared Goff seem to have a pretty good connection. They've been connecting, you know, well in practice and preseason and specifically for touchdowns. They've scored a lot of touchdowns in practice this training camp. promising to see out of a out of a rookie tight end who has no competition for touches in that tight end room I do see you know Jamison Williams obviously coming back and kind of hindering his ceiling it's going to knock him down a little bit but I think again like you said at his cost it's you know very little to no risk so I think you're right the best situation is probably to draft him behind another tight end and or if he is your first tight end you probably want to double tap the position again not far after where you select Sam Laporta. You're going to need some guns there. I don't know if he'll be reliable on a week-to-week basis where you're just saying, hey, Sam Laporta, full wheels up. I think you know he is one of those chess pieces that you need to play the tight end game week in and week out. But if you have three solid pieces, I think he makes a, you know, a, a good option you know, in, in a three-man set. I'm going to toss out uh, Trey McBride. I know that this is one that you and I both agree on. He's coming off the board at tight end 35. Coming into his sophomore season, he doesn't really have much to, to you know, warrant being drafted based off of any type of statistical data. Uh, down the stretch of last season, he had 6, 5, 4, 10, and 3 targets from weeks 14 through 18. A little bit more of a bump you know, with, with Zach Ertz being hurt. Zach Ertz actually may not be available to start week one I'm not sure why Zach Ertz would want to play a single week for the Cardinals with how bad they look. This is not a tight end that you're looking to buy because of the situation. The situation in Arizona is terrible, but that's a good thing for fantasy football. This team will constantly be playing from behind, even more than what I would have projected a month ago. Like this team looks like a complete dumpster fire right now. I mean, they may even sign Carson Wentz at this point. They have Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon on their depth chart at quarterback. This is one of those just like head scratching moments from the past couple of days from some of the cuts that have been made. Just like, what are these guys doing? Like they're just going full blown, you know, tank mode right now. So because they are in that situation, a young tight end like Trey McBride doesn't really have the, you know, the wherewithal to say, Hey, I'm I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play a lot of snaps. No, he's going to play a lot. The same thing goes for, you know, really all of these guys, like other than the quarterback position, you kind of want a little bit of the Arizona Cardinals offense. And I think going after the tight end position offers a little bit of a safer floor, honestly, on a week to week basis. And now again, Trey McBride, if you draft him, he's going to be a piece that you have to, you know, chess play with him, right? You have to weave and bob and pick which weeks to start him and not to start him, most likely based on matchup and most likely based on matchups where you expect the Cardinals to be down a lot by halftime. So he is just cleaning up easy garbage time type of production at tight end 35. How can you not buy, you know, unless like you're just going completely naked to this position. You just want one guy or you draft two guys early, maybe like a Kelsey and an Ingram or something like that. I think that's kind of overdoing it in, in most, uh, 
most options or most fantasy platforms, but I just see no no risk, no cost for Trey McBride, and I see nothing but upside. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear me argue here. McBride was on my <laughs> yes cereal. It is a football shirt, but it's not a real true football shirt. It's a uh, Ted Lasso jersey of Roy Kent. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, uh, definitely recommend watching Ted Lasso. Uh, but yeah, Justin, I'm not going he, to argue here with you for, for McBride whatsoever. I love McBride. Uh, he's fantastic value on a team that he could be number two in targets, number three in targets. I mean, for sure. Uh, good red zone guy, as you alluded to. Um, you know, I think he's a sneaky, actually, DFS play week one. I think that they're going to be behind to the yeah. commanders. Yeah. And the commanders uh, linebackers uh, aren't fantastic. So Trey McBride might be able to take advantage of that. So sneaky DFS play as well for week one. But yeah, man, I mean, he's just a great value at his ADP on a team where, you know, he'll see a bunch of targets. They're going to be behind, as you said. Yeah, man, co-sign Trey McBride with you for sure. 14% exposure rate. Uh, I'm not sure what number he is. I think he, I want to say fifth tight end I have him off the board. And number three in contested catch rate. Can get a little bit physical. Can go up and high point the ball. Some good things you like to see. Again, a lot of limited time. Like we only saw him down the stretch of the the end of last season. I think with a full season played again on a bad team, a bad situation for the offense for for this Arizona Cardinals team trying to get wins, but a very good situation to buy into for fantasy. Constant positive game script going to be available. Yes. Who who's your next man up? My next man up is underdog. Fantasy, baby. August is almost over, and you know what that means. Time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and Underdog does the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Million or Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time, with fifteen million dollars of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd three million dollar going to the winner. Do you have what it takes to win it all? The time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September seventh. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up for promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Uh, Justin, any pickums you like? I know you've been uh, deep in the 50 for 50, 50 days, 50 picks, weeds. What's your favorite one? Uh, you know, maybe give the people one that will bring home the bacon. You are on mute, I believe. Do you want season long or week one? Uh, you know what, man? Let's do week one. People want to build their bankroll. Uh, David Njoku over 38 receiving yards. Okay. I like that. I co-signed uh, that. I think DJ Moore was at 58. I'll take man, that. Uh, with the way he's been playing with Justin Fields, two, two screen passes and he'll, he'll be there. <laughs> he had a 64-yarder for a touchdown that, that first game. That was his only catch. Uh, where The one where Justin Fields had was three for three for 129. Yeah, that one, that one was a... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that one was a 64 yarder. And yeah, what we've seen with him do after the catch, not just for the Bears this preseason, but in general in his career, like he is a fantastic after the after the catch guy, great legs, great vision, awesome speed. Like he's just a great all around player. So very excited about him. Um, Tyler Lockett over, I want to say 54 or 58 as well. 
I know that JSN is going to be back. I just think that there's just still a lot of upside for him. I think they're playing the Rams. I could be incorrect, but I think that's that's pr- there's probably some positive game script there for him. The Seahawks are playing the Rams. Yeah, so I think there's some good opportunity for for Lockett. That's kind of a lower number. Um, that's all I got. But I think that's more than a more than a few that the uh, the average cat offers. Yes, sir. So, my last thing I like to tell people before I get to my next tight end is about the SGP Patreon. Make sure you check out the Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon. Uh, you know, you sign up uh, for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. This week's weekly Patreon Pick'em is all about week one college football. The prize is a cornhole board. Perfect for any college football tailgate. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon. Uh, you know, I know that they want us to kind of tell people about, you know, how you became a part of the SGPN family. Uh, real quick for me, last year, July or June, actually, I started to kind of uh, really just get into my own on fantasy and be like, you know what, I want to do something with it. So I hit up Sean and Kramer and was like, hey, love what you guys do. You know, would love to help out in fantasy football any way I can. You know, whatever that means, podcasting, writing, whatever. So they had me, uh, you know, kind of do some articles for them and uh, liked what they uh, saw. So brought me on and uh, man, it's been awesome. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just, I was just a fan of the show and was listening to, uh, you know, they brought out the fantasy football podcast a little bit before I joined. I was listening to that. Uh, you know, had some ideas for it as well. So I came in kind of guns blazing a little bit. And uh, man, here we are. So happy to be a part of the SGPN family. And uh, I know if anybody wants to know about how Sean and Kramer kind of started, uh, that is in the Patreon as well. So join the Patreon so you can go ahead and uh, listen to all those cool extra podcasts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get into your next guy. Who do you got? Next guy, Dawson Knox. Uh, we've talked about this at length on multiple shows. Why is Dawson yes, Knox going so late? in the drafts he is the tight end for the buffalo bills bring in don kincaid completely understand why people are want to fade Knox, but until we really see that kincaid's definitely just going to play in the tight end you know slot i I just Mm -hmm. i just don't think that Knox should be going this late in the draft i mean he's going well behind guys that he outperformed last year just makes no sense to me on a team that wants to pass the ball a bunch on a team that he scored, what, six touchdowns last year, I believe? Uh, yes, six touchdowns last year, nine the year before that. And I understand yep. the Kincaid thing. I really do. I, I, You know, everyone's probably like, well, it's Kincaid. You know, he's brought in for a reason, right? He could end up oh playing just the slot role more often than than Dawson not, or than, you know, than people think, instead of playing just whatever the tight end position lines up at. Like, it's right. just, to me, it's just, it's a mismatched price. Uh, definitely somebody I love as a tight end too. Uh, in best ball, you can get him as a tight end three if you really want to. Like this guy's just going way too late for a, a, an awesome team with a great quarterback that's going to score points. So yeah, Dawson Knox, man. Uh, I think you will probably agree with me on this one, correct? Yeah, a thousand percent. So Dalton Kincaid is coming off the board as tight end 11. 11. It's far too expensive for a guy that's not even first on the depth chart at his position. Dawson Knox, tight end 24 off the board. First tight end on the roster for the depth chart. Yeah, you might see Kincaid sprinkled in at the slot, maybe even at outside for receiver, but I just don't know if there's going to be enough of that 
at a consistent rate. Like you still have Gabe Davis there. They like what they have in Khalil Shakur and uh, Deontay Hardy. You're going to see James Cook in, involved in the passing game, and you're still going to have you know Josh Allen running the ball. Like there's still a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Don't be surprised if you see Trent Sherfield come in and steal some some mild production from time to time. So there's a lot of mouths to feed here, and I just see Dalton Kincaid kind of getting middled production along with those secondary receivers in Gabe Davis, Shakir, uh, Sheffield, or sorry, Sherfield, and Deontay Hardy. And then also, you know, James Cook as well. Like he'll, he'll probably get mixed into the passing game. I like Dawson Knox. I still think he's a boom or bust type of tight end because of the presence of Kincaid and some of these other guys. Personally, for me, I want to avoid both of them because one, Knox isn't expensive. So I feel like, hey, I, I, want, I want to buy in on that, right? Like you have the starting tight end going at tight end 24. This is a very good situation to buy into with a really good offense. But at the same time, his ceiling is held back because of Kincaid and some of these other guys. Like I do see there being some some multi-touchdown weeks available for Knox. I just think it's going to be harder to predict what weeks to start him and what weeks to to bench him. So for me, I would stay away from both. But if I'm you know betting between the two, you know who I prefer, especially at their cost, it's it's Dawson Knox, ten out of ten times easy. Yes, sir. Uh, let's shift over to. Uh, Let's go with Jake Ferguson. I think Serial was in the chat. He was asking about Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson is coming off the board at tight end 19. I have about 9.6% of him. Feel really good about him this season. I mean, this is another situation where you're getting a starter uh, at the position at a, at a significant value. Tight end 19 and an offense that I think needs to make up for some vacated targets from Dalton Schultz. Dak Prescott likes to throw to the tight end position. Again, there's no overwhelming stats that back up you know, drafting Ferguson with any priority. But I think what you're buying into is a, a situation where he can have anywhere from five to six targets a week. And he also could get some high value targets. But other than Tony Pollard, like who is the big red zone threat on this Dallas uh, Cowboys roster? Sure, it could be CeeDee Lamb, but he gets a little bit more premier coverage in the red zone. And he's, I'm not going to say he's lanky, but he's like slimmer. He's a more slim athletic build. He's not that like big body target. And Ferguson, I think, could swing into more of what we saw from like a uh, like a Jason Witten type of role, where you're getting a guy that can play well off of the play action. He can stay on the field more than a Dalton Schultz because he can block. He'll play a lot of snaps because of that. My only pushback on him is is Brandon Cooks. Like they actually upgraded that secondary receiver position. Cooks, you know, pretty good receiver. You know, he was the best receiver for the Texans the past few seasons. Led the team in targets the past few years. You know, now moving over to more of an above average team. Now he slots in as the second best receiver behind Lamb, but I think it makes the offense just better in general, and I think it propels the team to pass more, which I think can also benefit Ferguson as well. So at tight end 19, I feel like, again, he's a, he's a good value. Not someone I want to draft, like you've mentioned about a couple of these other guys, as my top tight end. Is like I don't want to go into week one with him as my starter, but I think stashing him on my bench is going to bring back fruitful returns throughout the season. Yeah, I, I agree with you on on a few of your, uh, you know, a few of your uh, marks about Musgrave. Uh, I'm sorry, Ferguson. Jeez, I said Musgrave. My God. Uh, yeah, about Ferguson. I I do think that the opportunity is there for him. You know, Dalton Schultz left town, kind of opens up. You know, the tight end spot to just be solely his if he, you know, can can make it happen. I know they do have Shoemaker now. Not too concerned that there's going to be like a 
battle for the tight end spot, really. I think it's kind of Ferguson's to lose a little bit, at least for this year. So I, mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it, too. Um, decent value. I wouldn't say it's a good value right now, but decent. Uh, I do think that they want to, you know, open up the field a little bit, you know, lambs cook, let Pollard do what he does. Um, you know, and I know Serial's pointing out all the positive cowboy talk and I hate it, but, uh, I, I, I do agree though. I mean, Ferguson's a good option. Um, most certainly don't not want him to be my tight end one by any means. Tight end two is fine. I would really prefer him to be the three, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, Game script could be good for them, too. Um, you know, I think the defense is slightly suspect. Uh, so if that's the case, Ferguson's going to get more targets. Uh, I don't think he's in the realm of possibility to get double-digit touchdowns, but I think he's. I think he could be slotted in for six-ish. That's good yeah. uh, for where he's going. You know, that, that would really get him, you know, pole vault him up to probably close to the end of tight end one, uh, you know, a good tight end two. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on Ferguson. It's somebody I haven't drafted a ton of, but wouldn't really, I guess, shy away from him. Um, where are you at with him on redraft though? Like are you are you, you still think he's a decent redraft guy? Ten ten. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would I would like to get him as my second tight end. I would feel comfortable going into the season, say with uh, David and Joku, and uh, and Jake Ferguson. I, I would be fine with that that pair. Okay. Um, let's take a question real quick here. Uh, mm-hmm. Super C and B Challenger says, uh, my 10-man PPR team is Hertz, Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Cooper Cup, CD Lamb, Njoku, DK, uh, Benches, Montgomery, uh, Drake London, Sutton, Pirine, Charbonnet, Gabe Davis, and Tank Bigsby. What do you all think and any suggestions? Uh, I like it personally. Um, I think that the wide receivers are great. I mean, Cup and CD, that's a fantastic pairing. Don't love yep. the Sanders one. I do think at some point in the year, you'll probably be more satisfied starting Montgomery um, or Charbonnet. Pirine to well, start out the year could be interesting as well instead of Sanders, yeah. personally, um, depending on what you know what happens with Javante Williams here. Brees Hall is the other thing. Right? You're going to have to wait a little bit to fully get him in the lineup, but I think you got some guys here that you can slot in right away and feel fine with it until – Brees Hall comes back until you've kind of figure out what's going on mm-hmm. with the rest of these running backs. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a, I think it's a very good team. You did not mess up your draft. Uh, even with Miles Sanders, I still like that depth there between him, Hall and Montgomery and P Ryan and Charbonnet are going to be some nice pieces. Also tank Bigsby uh, definitely undervalued still. And then, yeah, you have a ton of depth at receiver uh, was it cup CD DK. One of my favorites, uh, I mean, Drake London, fantastic. He, he could even, if you find somebody, if if Drake London starts off the year, like game one, game two, because I think the uh, the Falcons play the Panthers week one, I believe. If he mm-hmm. has a blow-up game, you could potentially take him and like Sanders and turn that into a better running back, actually. Like, that's what I would do. If, if one of those guys blow up, one of your bench guys blow up wide receiver-wise, mm-hmm. I would definitely uh, try to trade them for a better starting running back. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, guys, I would not do that with would be like Montgomery and, and Joku. Uh, I would still hold Sutton because if Jerry Judy nags his injury, if that becomes prolonged, Sutton healthy could just be of better value because of the volume. And I do think that Tank Bigsby has an opportunity to legit take over that backfield, at least from like a fantasy point perspective. If he gets it's uh, the the total or more touchdowns, I should say. Yes, sir. All right, who's your next my, guy? Uh, my next guy here, somebody I've been on all offseason long, kind of took a little Sweet. bit of a dip due to DeAndre Hopkins joining the team. That is mm. Chig 
Anquo, all aboard mm-hmm. the Chig train. Woot, woot. Love Chig. Choo, choo. I, I still love Chig, man. I, I thought about it the other day. I'm like, I kind of got off him a little bit. And, you know, the more I thought about it, like Traylon Burks is hurt again. That could linger. You know, he He's had bad. issues last year with asthma and just wasn't awesome. So, you know, in take away originally we when I was drafting him, right? It was Traylon Burks and Chig. Now it's Hopkins, Burks, and Chig. Mm-hmm. But if Burks isn't right and kind of falters throughout the year and Chig really comes into his own, how do you get away from him? This man was awesome last year when they actually gave him opportunities. I've thrown this stat out before that if you take his seven-game pace where he was actually starting to be truly involved in the offense, add it to a full season, he would have finished as tight end six. I just I think that his opportunities could hinder him a little bit. But if he gets more than what people think he could in this offense, I think that that's where you see him potentially finish as a tight end one. Uh, he's mm-hmm. really fallen down the board now after the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So I, I think it's even a better value now to go get him, especially in best ball redraft. I still feel good about him as well. Uh, hopefully tight end two earlier in the season. I would have said I would have been fine with a tight end one, but I, I do think he's a very good tight end two with uh, good upside, especially if Traylon Burks is, uh, you know, injury lingers a little bit or, you know, mm-hmm. let's say the, 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 the Yeti himself, Derek Henry, gets hurt which he normally doesn't hey. but man this dude has a lot of if he hey. would get hurt i'm not saying he's Knock going to but he has a lot of a wear and tear on the body so something like that happens and they have to rely on the rookie you know spears at running backs uh, i just think that there's multiple avenues where trailer Bur- or where uh chig can get more opportunities and if that happens he could be a very good tight end trailing burks he's back <laughs> He's back on the field. Bless that man. Bless that man. Yeah. Um, but I but I do still like Chig. I think you are getting a bit of a dip. There is more value now with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. I really everything that you've just said, I agree with you. Like obviously the situation not as good because of Hopkins, but season long, I think there could be a narrative where he winds up being one of the better pass catchers for the team based on injury. Whether it is Traylon Burks, maybe DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt again. Kyle Phillips isn't uh, very healthy right now. There's not a ton of depth once some of these dominoes start to fall from the starters, whether, again, it be Hopkins or Burks, and Burks is already banged up even if he is back at practice. Uh, we're not going to mention a potential Derrick Henry injury because if he gets hurt, then I am not winning $3 million. I need Derrick Henry to have a generational running back season for his age. That, that's for certain. I'm asking a lot out of him, I know. But I also have a fair amount of Chig, and that's because I was also with you on the the Chig train, chew, chew, all off season long, and I have begun to to fade him uh, absolutely since the uh, since the Hopkins signing, just because even at his value where he's being drafted, I'm still drafting a lot of the guys that we're talking about tonight after him, and a lot of three tight end builds. So obviously, for redraft, you're probably not doing a lot of three tight end builds unless it's a deeper format or it's tight end premium, in which case, you know, all the guys that we're talking about, they get steamed up the board for sure. Um, But when it comes to him, I I think that you are getting in a good situation still. Good player, not as good a situation, but an improved offense from last year, and he'll play all the games. Who do you got next? Let's go with, uh, you you like to hate on him. Let's go with uh, Dalton Schultz. Very good situation down in Houston. 
could very well lead the team in targets. I don't think that's an impossible you know, task. I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. When you look at the receivers there, you know, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods, uh, Xavier Hutchinson, uh, who was it? Nico Brown, Noah Brown, Noah Brown oh, came really? over from yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah, Noah Brown came over from the Cowboys. Just a lot of underwhelming names. I know you and I both love Nico Collins, who probably does wind up leading the team in targets, but I don't think Dalton Schultz is very far behind, if not pushing for the most targets each week. I think that he can easily get seven to eight targets a week in an offense that will be playing from behind that will prioritize the run and play action type of play calling that's going to benefit a growing CJ Stroud, you know, not having to take risky throws downfield, throwing to a lower A dot tight end in Dalton Schultz and just a tight end that likes to catch the ball and is used as such. A uh, number 7 in red zone targets at the tight end position last year, number 9 in target rate and number 9 in fantasy points per game from the tight end position. I think there's a lot to be liked about his situation this year with the Houston Texans coming off the board as tight end 12, a little bit more expensive than some of the the names that I've brought up, but he's right there with Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is going, you know, um, one spot ahead of him, tight end 11. The situation for Schultz is eight times better, 10 times better. He has no competition for snaps. He's going to be like literally leading the team potentially in targets. I just don't see a bad reality for Dalton Schultz this season. Uh, so this will be the first one I have a little bit of pushback on with you here. I, I do like Schultz. I like that he's a talented receiver that should benefit from like some checkdowns from Stroud. Uh, you know, I think that that's an organic thing that happens when you have a new QB or you have a backup QB coming in, right? They usually tend to lean mm -hmm. on the tight ends a little bit. So I do like that aspect of it. But this team feels like a team that wants to run first if possible. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is, you know, they have Nico Collins, they have John Mechie, they have, uh, you know, Tank Dell. Like they have some other guys that I think could surprise some people with their pass catching ability. So I, I worry that Schultz's opportunities might be lower than you're thinking that they could be. Um, there's, And I think there's just other tight ends. Like depending on – now if this is redraft, I'll probably take Schultz over Kincaid. But in mm. best ball, like I don't mind taking like Kincaid over Schultz just because I think the upside for Kincaid might Why? be higher. This, well, there's I a mean, much safer we'll floor when it. you're drafting a tight end that late. Yeah, but like for, for the Kincaid versus Schultz argument here is if we're wrong about Knox, right? If he's just not what he was and Kincaid overtakes it, wouldn't you rather have if, – if you knew Kincaid was going to be the starter, wouldn't you rather have Kincaid over Schultz just due to the offenses? You would, you would assume that, but Dalton Schultz has finished as a tight end one in three straight seasons. At that yeah, ADP, Prescott. yeah, and now he's in a better situation. C.D. Lamb was the best receiver on his team. Now it's Nico Collins. He's in a better situation to, to have a higher ceiling. The last three seasons, tight end 11, three, tight end three in 2021, yes, with Dak Prescott, and tight end 12 in 2020. There's a safer floor at a higher ADP cost. Why would why would I, I we, we we've had this conversation before specifically about Kincaid? I'm not going to take Kincaid at that ADP when I can take a guy like you already mentioned in Sam Laporta. What six seven spots after that at the tight end position? Because I yeah, know Laporta will start. He will be the guy. Yeah, no, I, and I don't disagree with you on that fact. I'm just saying between Schultz and Kincaid, if we knew Kincaid, if you knew Kincaid and Schultz were going to get the exact same amount of targets, 
you would still take Schultz. <sighs> like, Potentially, like that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And 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 this yeah, is, yeah. This is I mean, no, I mean, I, I have to. Uh, you're I, you're making me think about it. But the more I think about it, yeah, I would still take Schultz because who is still more likely to get high or high value touches? Probably Schultz in an offense with underwhelming players. Whereas, yeah, let's say Kincaid has a good drive. You know, you could have James Cook finishing in the red zone. You could have Dame Harris, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, etc. Yeah, even if they still have the same volume, I would still probably go Schultz because I would assume that he his touches would be of higher value. And I agree with you on that. I I do. I think that the thing that I'm leaning on as well is who's going to throw more touchdowns, Josh Allen or CJ Stroud? Not CJ Stroud. Not right. Historically, rookie quarterbacks don't blow it out of the water with touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. like, is touchdown upsides probably limited a little bit more? Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, and I'm with you. Like for redraft, it's Schultz over Kincaid all day for me. I'd rather just take the safer mm-hmm. bet there. But for yeah. for best ball, I, I'll, I'll take the shot on other guys around Schultz. It's not that I fade Schultz. I just mm-hmm. I worry that he's not going to get a lot of touchdowns. And on underdog again, like it's not a full PPR. It's half PPR. Touchdowns are a little bit more of a priority. You're, and you're I just, right. You're right. And I just don't see him getting – I think his ceiling is like six or seven, maybe. I think he'll that's, probably that's land good. in the four. I think he'll probably get that's, four. That's, that's not bad. The last couple of years, five, eight, and four. So all right in that range. If he hits at eight, that was a year he finished at tight end three. So if he finishes with seven in a situation with the Houston Texans where he can – at least be a top two guy as far as total targets goes. I think it's a very good situation that could propel him at least to the top 10, top eight. Obviously, he's being valued like that at tight end 12. But again, for me, even in best ball, it's it's all Dalton Schultz over uh, Kincaid. I have very few shares of Kincaid. I have 16% of Dalton Schultz. Much better situation, in my opinion. Okay. All okay. right, who's your next guy up here getting caught up with Schultzy? <laughs> Uh, my next guy up here is Gerald Everett. Um, a few okay. things need to okay. break his way for him to truly have a, a breakout th- season, you know, a good about three season. Yeah. Th- th- there's a few things that, that need to go his way. Two things I really like about Everett though is one, his usage last year was very encouraging. He was used a lot, especially mm-hmm. towards the red zone. Um, it seemed like Herbert knew that he could kind of rely on Everett a little bit. The other thing that I like about, uh, Everett is that, now they have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, your uh, Dak Schultz guy who created Dak Schultz or uh, Dalton Schultz uh, is now Kellen Moore over with the Los Angeles Chargers. That bodes sure. well for Gerald Everett, right? Like it, it seems sure. to me that it's a, it's a high-powered offense, good tight end. Uh, you know, he, he's reliable, has a new offensive coordinator that's probably going to use the tight end a little bit more than they even did last year. The downfalls for him are he's definitely at least – fourth best on the team behind Quentin Johnston, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. Uh, and I guess Austin Eckler too, right? Like, so yeah, I mean, maybe five, right? So, I, but I do think he'll, he's going to have a few spike weeks where he gets 50, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown, potentially two touchdown weeks. Like that's in the realm of possibility for him, especially with Herbert at the helm who, uh, you know, we could, you know, we believe could end up being a top three <clears throat> quarterback at the end of the season. If fantasy points scored, I, I will take a shot on the tight end in that system with a you know a ever growing uh, quarterback who you know is, is just fantastic all around. So I mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's a guy I'm worth taking a shot on in both best ball and redraft. But really love him in best ball when I don't have to figure out which weeks he's gonna have those two touchdowns. 
thinking of a tight end. What was his name? Thomas. Logan. The guy with no, not Logan Thomas. The the one that was with uh, Peyton Manning, and he absolutely went off mm. in Denver. Oh no 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 that that's not Demarius Thomas. It's um oh my god yeah I know who you're talking about. Jesus, Julius. Why Thomas? is his name? Uh, I think I think, I think Julius that's close. Thomas. Right, chat chat help us out here. Is it, is it Julius Thomas? I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julius Thomas. That's who it was. It's what this situation reminds me of. It's like, oh, the quarterback on this team is going to be really good. He could be number one in the NFL. He could be number two, number three. He's going to be a top guy. Offense is going to do well. So I'll take the tight end from that offense. I, I just think that that conversation there about the guys ahead of him on the pecking order, I don't know. I, I just, I, It's not a situation where I'm trying to buy into with volume. Yeah, I, no, and, and I agree with you. That's why I pointed that out. Like, I think some things need to break for him. And if it doesn't, he'll probably have a mediocre season, depending. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is kind of the wild card here, right? Like, if he... Right, but so at the same time, you said, okay, Kellen Moore, he made Dalton Schultz good. But you know what? Like, are you drafting Josh Kelly this year? Because he made um, Zeke and Tony Pollard on... a killer one-two punch. Depending I don't think anyone's drafting Josh Kelly. I, I've dropped Josh Kelly a little bit, depending on the build, you know, week 17 correlation, stuff like that, but like organically or just by himself without anything like making sense to it. No. Right. But yeah, no, no one's, no one's drafting the, him. Did look back at the Julius Thomas seasons with Peyton Manning. Here's a yeah, stat they're lines. Pretty nuts. They're pretty nuts. Yeah, they are. First year, 90 targets, 65 receptions, 788 yards, 12 touchdowns. Second 12. season. 12, 12 touchdowns dude. yeah yes that's crazy. that's christian watson touchdown percentage <laughs> that is absurd second year with him 62 targets 43 receptions 489 yards another 12 touchdowns so if everett obviously i don't think he's getting 12 touchdowns but if Everett would even get close to that i mean where he's going right now that's, is bonkers i think the biggest threat honestly to him is quentin johnston quentin johnston looks amazing in the red zone, in training camp, in preseason. He looks awesome. And then you look at Josh Palmer, who's going to be more of like a in-between-the-20s type of receiver for this team. He's listed as a number three guy right now. Like He is ahead of Quinton Johnston, and I see them using Johnston to more of like the scoring territory where he can make a bigger difference. Like When they get into that into that red zone, there's less of a need for Palmer and more of a need for Johnston, even for just blocking opportunities. So, And then obviously Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, which could be dominoes that fall. We've seen those guys get hurt. And once they do, I think you're right, Everett becomes an immense value. Without one of these injuries, though, I just don't see it. Yeah, and, and exactly. like You just pointed out the two guys that could potentially probably have the biggest uh, injury scares would be Keenan Allen due to age and because he was hurt last year, and Mike Williams, because, again, this man has a hard time landing on his feet correctly, always falls on his damn back and shit. So it's just, yeah, it, there's a realm where Gerald Everett really pays off at his ADP, but definitely some dominoes need to fall. But I, I'll take the shot on the offense. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, to me, I, I'm going to wait for him to pop off the waiver wire. I think that's where I'll be able to get him this year. All right, next man up. I have uh, Mr. Tyler Higby with the Rams. Finished as tight end six last year, tight end 14 the year prior. Coming off the board as tight end 13. Feels like a very good value to me. Love the situation. Could finish second on the team in targets if he can get that preferred uh, type of, you know, 
volume from Matthew Stafford like he was getting last year. Number three in routes ran for all tight ends, number four in targets, number five in receptions, and number five in yards after the catch. He has the ability to create some extra production with his own legs. They like to use him in screens, set him up with some nice completions around the line of scrimmage and get him moving with his legs. Again, very good situation outside of Cooper Cup. You don't have many receivers that are going to demand a lot of volume. Van Jefferson will definitely pop some things open downfield from time to time. I know you and I are both in on the uh, the school of Puka Nakua, uh, but Puka has been buried on the depth chart uh, behind Ben Skoranek and who is the other? There wasn't someone else that they had him behind. Is it two? Regardless, I I think it is two two at well. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Two um, two at well. I'll I'll bet anybody that by midway through the season, Puka's in front of all those guys outside of Cooper Cup. They also have Demarcus Robinson, free agent, signed uh, recently ahead of him as well. So I don't know what that's all about. Maybe they're just trying to make him earn it, go the blue-collar route to bring Puka along. But regardless, the point here is, is that there's a huge opportunity for Tyler Higby playing in an offense that's going to have to put up a lot of points. Their defense is worse. They're playing in a tougher division that's going to offer a lot of scoring in general. The game script is going to be there as long as him and Stafford are healthy. I really don't know if there's too much of an argument against him here. I mean, I don't see Van Jefferson really being that big of a threat for for targets. I think that he definitely helps open up the field with his speed and his downfield ability, but I don't think he's, you know, standing in the way. I don't think he's a roadblock for, you know, really solid returns for Tyler Higby this year. Yeah, and I, again, like I'm, I'm with you on Tyler Higby uh, here a little bit. I think that one of the things that could really benefit him is this run game just not being very good like i'm not a cam makers sure. guy i don't think kieran williams is awesome like i just think that they have like a bu- just, just a bunch of guys uh at running back Seconds, so ride. if that uh, yeah i mean that, that that's honestly what, what they might be doing at the end of the year is just riding out zach evans you know as a rookie and seeing what happens but if the running game falters like it did last year i think that's where higby really gets his his money made right there um obviously if cooper cup goes down or any of that stuff that that helps as well too but if if cups you know is is fine and the run game's mm-hmm. okay. Higby's probably going to be mediocre a little bit. Um, last year, looking at his stats, 17 games played, 108 targets, 72 receptions, 620 yards, three touchdowns. Woo. Woo. That, I, I love the targets, but Woo. Cooper Cup was injured, and I, I don't think he's seeing 100 again. I think he could. I think he could see 80. You think that that's probably like a good base for him? 80 targets the year prior he finished his tight end 14 with 85 targets 61 catches and five a career high touchdowns yeah i I just i think i think he's probably gonna be in that realm of 80 uh which is good for for a tight end that's very good at the value um Mm -hmm. i just i i worry that he's i don't know i worry that he's not very good at a tight end like i think he's in a decent situation The, the numbers say otherwise sir the yards after catch for that tight end position is is enough for me to sign up. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is year number five for him. Is this year eight? Correct. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah, is this is year eight for a tight end. Ageless it's... wonder. I don't. We know. want experience I, I... at the position. We want experience. You don't want rookies it's... at tight end. You want experience, guys. It's a decent bet. I, I'll agree with you on that. It's a decent bet at his ADP. I just worried that he's not very good. All right, your last guy. Who you got? 
I got nobody. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to pull a wild card here, and I was going to ask if anybody in the chat had somebody that they wanted us to talk about as a sleeper. You know, don't don't take any of the no no Kelsey, no Hawkinson. I tried to I tried to Let's, get in uh, Waller, but Justin shut me down on the Waller talk. So he's not a sleeper, Andrew. Stop it. Take it Unreal. up. <laughs> Taysom Hill, tight end, twenty three. Eh, I don't know. Last year, <laughs> he finished as tight end nine. The the year prior, tight end twenty. 2020, he finished his tight end 10. And then the year prior, tight end yeah, 21. You're, dra- you're drafting 000. him at his floor. You're drafting they him at his 14, floor. 14,000 running backs. Now they have fucking Henry Miller. They got Jamal Williams. They got what, Alvin Kamara come back. What you don't understand is, is they have Taysom Hill. Like the first three weeks, I got to imagine there's going to be some Taysom Hill going on. Like I, we're. Every bit of my 16% of him is going to be worth it, at least for the first three weeks. I could see a reality where he catches and runs in for a touchdown this season. Yeah. I don't know. Again, you're drafting him at his floor. He's going off the board at tight end 23. He hasn't finished at tight end 23 in four straight seasons with two top 12 finishes. I don't know. I just the situation feels different to me this year. I don't know why. I kind of want to fade him. I just it just seems I don't know. Seems different. Doesn't seem like 16%. He he is not a fade. Let's go through some of these chat uh names we've got. Uh Jelani Woods, who's gonna start the season on the IR. I think in a lot of redraft leagues, this is just a situation that you monitor. You probably don't spend a draft pick on him. You keep him on your watch list and you just play the game. You know, once you're starting to get more positive news. Maybe you can target him. Uh, with him being on the IR right now, I don't think that you're uh, looking to buy him with volume and redraft. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. One other thing I'll add about Jelani Woods is that uh, I think it's a guy that you may want to target. When you start seeing Anthony Richardson kind of come into his own a little <clears> bit, <throat> target him maybe a week or two early because he could there be one of the he could be a guy that, uh, that Richardson will lean on. They don't really have mm. outstanding weapons there outside of Michael Pittman. You know, uh, God knows what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor if, if he's even going to come back and play for this team. So Jelani Woods is definitely a good sleeper to watch. Try to get him a week or two ahead of time before you think he's actually going to start to really integrate into the system. Then we had John Reed asking about Zach Ertz. Uh, me and Andrew Ooh. are both in the school of thought of Trey McBride. Zach yes. Ertz also not available, it looks like, for week one or at least not 100%. I don't see what business Zach Ertz has playing a single snap for the Arizona Cardinals who deserve to play like the the pickup game in the longest yards or be, you know, regulated to the Pac-10. You know, I I, I don't get it. Uh, let's see. Will Disley a sleeper of the year? No, I don't think so. I got nothing on I, Will Disley. I don't Disley. think so either. Yeah, I, say, I don't think so either, but maybe. <clears throat> Woods had multiple top five finishes on limited snaps, so imagine him on 60% of the snaps. Yeah, like when he's healthy, when he's back, he's an exciting option with like the last pick of your uh, with your redraft or your best ball teams. But at the same time, with him on the IR right now, you know he's at least missing four games. There should be no priority to draft him. I, I just, you'll get him for free. You won't have to spend any fob on him. Um, if you do, you're you're late to the party, and you know you didn't assess the waivers the right way. But I don't think that you want to stash him on your team. Although I will say, you know, if you want to play like the little the little cheat code. As long as you have an IR spot, you can draft him, throw him on the IR, and then pick up the you know whatever available player you want off of waivers. That is an option you could roll with. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, really quick, Luke Musgrave, somebody to watch as well. 
uh, depending yep. on what they do with that offense. I, I think he's an interesting uh, watch as well. And if anybody's in any touchdown only leagues, somebody just to keep an eye on Darnell Washington seems like they want to use him in the red zone. <laughs> Pittsburgh uh, could have found themselves a guy that could really make some money in the red zone. Tall dude. Big boy. Big guy. Very Very Hard to stop. All right. We are going to head out. Appreciate everybody coming and riding with us. Be sure to smash the like button on YouTube. Download the episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Andrew, let everybody know where they can find you. Of course. Find me on the X or Twitter, however you want to pronounce it nowadays, uh, at A-Rob, A-R-A-U-B-2-3. Hit me up on the Discord at TDKing23. Find me in the Best Wall Streets on Underdog TDKing23. Uh, yeah, I, I would love if anybody would send me messages about uh, like, hey, got, got a quick question about an upcoming draft. Love to talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, if anybody has any takes, I think we have uh, our, our is everything published for our rankings as well. I know I've been kind of tweaking mm-hmm. mine every now and again here as well. So rankings should be up. Uh, Justin, what about the draft kit? Yeah, you can find the draft kit on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just go to the fantasy tab, scroll down, you'll find it right away. We've got all of our work from the offseason, including our rankings, a lot of articles revolving around Dynasty, IDP, uh, Best Ball, and Redraft. You know, you have all the essentials that you need for your Dynasty leagues, all the essentials you need for you know starting up an IDP, whether you've played it, you know, you're, if you're playing it your first year, you've played it for 10 years, we've got all the good stuff for you. Uh, also included in there is uh, auction content as well. So we've got, a, we've got all bases covered here at SGPN. If anybody's in a guillotine league and wants to, and hasn't done their draft yet and wants some uh, tips or, or strategies for that, hit me up. Uh, I've been doing a guillotine league for three or four years now, and uh, feel, I feel like I've really got a good bearing on it now, how to kind of play that. So if anybody has any questions on a guillotine league, uh, hit me up. If you want uh, foot photos, they are available for me. They are for sale. I'm starting a side <laughs> hustle at SGPNJB. Just get in my DMs. I'm not cheap. That's all I'm going to say is I'm, I'm not cheap, but these feet are huge. So that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.